Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill. As always, we are at the quarter pole of the 2017 NFL season. There's a lot to get to, a lot of upsets yesterday. Of course, recording this on a Monday afternoon, so before the Chiefs host the Redskins on Monday Night Football, we will look at all the games from Week 4 and spin them into some Week 5 previews. And, of course, we'll talk about the odds and we'll pick every game. So, Week 4, crazy New England loses at home for the second time this year. You haven't been able to say that too much in the last couple of decades. We saw, unfortunately, some pretty big injuries, headlined by Dalvin Cook, who's out for the year with a torn ACL. So, Josh, I'll ask you, what was the biggest thing for you from week four? The biggest thing for me was the Rams going into Dallas and beating the Cowboys. I watched that game on Sunday, and it, was not, it wasn't a game. Sometimes you get these young teams that go in and beat a team that is superior to them, quote-unquote. And the Rams convincingly won that game. It was never a case where they were, you know, getting a lucky break here and there. They, like, kind of snuck out with a win. They won that game, and I think that's a big-time signature win for a guy who you said last week, and I think solidified it this week, early candidate for Coach of the Year in Sean McVay. Yeah, I think he is, and I think he hit the nail on the head. I agree with you. I actually think that was also the biggest takeaway from the week. And and I'll throw in another one just to kind of add on to that. the Texans, all of a sudden, after yeah. looking abysmal the first two weeks of the year, come within a whisker of beating New England at Foxborough, which apparently is in vogue these days, <laughs> and then went home enough, which I, I don't know whether that's more of a function of Denver not being able to do much offensively or the Raiders tightening up. Either way, mm-hmm. they're now 2-2, two and two, and we're waiting on an MRI about Derek Carr's back. Yeah. Del Rio says it's back spasms. Uh, he better hope it is because if their cars are for any length of time, it's over in Oakland. They have no chance of winning games with E.J. Manuel. But those are, the, uh, those are the takeaways I had from what was a pretty interesting week in the NFL, yeah. a lot of crazy games again. And now we, we'll spin it forward and we'll start with, with your Buccaneers who, Ooh, yeah. speaking of a crazy week in the NFL, <laughs> uh, the, the kicking is a great Jeez. flag adventure for you guys every week. But – the Buccaneers won. They beat the Giants. Giants dropped on four. We'll get to them later. The Buccaneers, two and one, coming home in a short week, or staying home, rather, on a mm-hmm. short week, to take on the New England Patriots, who are coming off a 33-30 last-second loss at home to the Panthers. The line for this game, Pat's favored by five and a half. Your thoughts on what we might see Thursday night? A lot of people are going to swing towards the Bucs on this one just because the Patriots' defense looks so bad. And it does look bad. I don't think that there's any sort of defense that you can have that Matt Patricia really knows what he's doing right now. There's no pass rush. They're making horrible decisions. Like there was a play, the Fozzie Whitaker touchdown against the uh, Panthers on Sunday. Just about everybody on that defense bit on the decoy of Christian McCaffrey. And it was just like, what defense are we watching? This is a Super Bowl caliber defense that is sitting here being completely baited by a, an offensive coordinator who has been, you know, depending on which week it is, either he's a genius with, for working with Cam Newton or it's a complete and utter disaster. And here he is tricking Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick in New England, no less, with a decoy. So the Patriots defense, they need to figure something out. It's, it's horrible. But they're going up against a quarterback in Jameis Winston who will probably find a way to throw them the ball a couple of different times. When the Bucks were coming back in that last drive of the game against the Giants, 
I was just waiting and waiting and waiting for him to throw the ball into a tight spot, trying to make something happen, and it's intercepted. And the Giants win. That's how they get their first win. And unfortunately, that's the way it's going to be with Jameis Winston until he can prove that he is not that guy who goes and makes bad decisions. Now, it worked out this time. Last week in Minnesota, he killed about two or three different comeback attempts because he was making dumb decisions. Now, the question is, the Patriots' defense, will they be able to capitalize on that? And at this point, I think this is the first time in a very, very long time that we have to seriously question whether or not the Patriots are the same Patriots and whether or not they can come back from this. They usually bounce back. There's nothing that I can see that suggests that they're going to do that. Okay, so here's where we're at with New England. And, of course, again, recording this before the week four of the night game, so keep that in mind. But yards per game allowed this year. The Colts ranked 31st in the league at 396 yards a game. The Pats have given up 457 yards per game. Man. That is borderline. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Unbelievable. They can't do anything against the pass or the run. If you want to break it down by that, okay? New England, 32nd in the league, pass, passing yards against. Now... 31st in the league is Tampa Bay, so we could see some fireworks on Thursday night. But New England, the worst team in the league in terms of stopping the pass, with Stephon Gilmore and, and Malcolm Butler on the corners. Okay, Against the run, New England's better. They're 26th in the league, giving up well over 130 yards a game. And then when you look at points per game, New England is 31st in the league, 32 points a game a lot. And, and this is against, look, let's be honest. The Chiefs have proven this year so far to have very explosive offense, but Alex Smith is not somebody who's going to throw for 5,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton is not throwing for 5,000 yards. Deshaun Watson, he's looked good. He's, he looked great week four. The first week he looked mediocre at best against Cincinnati, so he's been a little up and down. Regardless, he's a rookie, threw for over 300 yards against New England. Okay. It, it's been a pattern. It's been a problem. Drew Brees, okay, that's not any shock, but he threw over 300 yards. Yeah. New England has given over uh, over 300 yards passing in every single game and over 400 yards of offense in every single game they've played. The Buccaneers get Doug Martin back this week. Yep. I have no reason to believe the Buccaneers aren't scoring 30 points in this game. The question is, and I agree with you, can Jameis not throw the ball to them? Now, yesterday in New England, Carolina had two turnovers. New England didn't have any. New England one time of possession. But here's why they lost. Carolina had 444 yards of offense. Carolina had 28 first downs. They ran the ball for 4.8 yards a clip. And on top of that, Carolina only took one penalty. New England took seven. So the Bucks, if the Buccaneers don't turn the ball over and they don't kill themselves with penalties, I think they're going to win the game. Because I don't think New England can stop them. There's no reason to think that Tampa Bay, especially on a short week, isn't going to put up a lot of points. Because let's be honest, the Pats don't have time to correct all this. Mm-mm. It's three days later and they're traveling. They're not even at home for this game. I'm going to take the Pats only because Winston has not stopped throwing the ball to the other team. Yeah. But I do think the Bucs are going to cover this game. I, don't, I think five and a half is way too big. And I, and I would not be shocked at all if Tampa Bay wins this game. And if they do, the panic in Foxborough come Friday morning is going to be palpable. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers just because I have to. But I also, I also, I also think <laughs> that's that honest, gonna, at least. <laughs> I also think that they're going to win because it's. It, on the flip side, everybody's focusing on, on New England and all of this. this. The Buccaneers, third year with Jameis Winston, the defense is one of the best defenses in the league when it plays well and when everybody's healthy. Gone are the days, like last year, where they beat Seattle or they play somebody close, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good victory for a team that's on the rise. If they lose to New England, there's no conversation where it's like, oh, yeah, but they played them close. They're good enough to beat New England, and they're good enough to beat a New England team that is licking its wounds and doesn't have a good defense. Tom Brady's a thousand years old, and at some point he's going to start falling off the cliff. And as we're seeing, he, the incredible part of this Patriots thing is that Tom Brady is incredibly, incredibly beyond the point in which a quarterback should be able to do the things that he's doing. 
and he is still not the reason that they are this bad. He scored 30 points against the Panthers, and the defense couldn't spot him anything. They gave up 33. So I'm picking the Buccaneers. I know that Jameis Winston is going to throw some interceptions that just make my heart skip beats that, you know, I won't be able to handle. But the Bucs are going to take care of this. And I agree with you. The panic in New England, for the first time in probably a decade and a half, is going to be justified. I, yeah, I agree with you, and we'll leave it at that. But I, I do think if the Pats think that they're going to go to the Super Bowl with that defense, they've got another thing coming. They are not getting to the Super Bowl with this defense. Mm-hmm. It has to get better. And frankly, I don't know if it can. A couple of years ago, we were talking about right before the show, when the Chiefs beat them in Arrowhead in that famous game, that onto Cincinnati game, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, yeah, the Chiefs laid it on them, but New England's a really good team. They had a really bad night. New England at this point, I don't feel like that. I feel like New England's just not good. I feel like New England defensively has major issues. I do think they'll still win the division, but who cares? In New England, if you don't win the Super Bowl, nobody cares if you win the division. Mm-hmm. So we'll go on now, Sunday slate of games. Arizona at Philadelphia, and the line is six and a half favoring the Eagles. Look, I'll be blunt. I think the Eagles are going to kill the Cardinals in this game. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals are coming across the country. They've never been good in that situation. Carson Palmer looks like hell. Uh, they, they won the game against the 49ers, if you want to call it that. The, the 49ers took them to overtime in their own building. The Cardinals couldn't score a point all throughout the game. It was a field goal battle. They finally punched in the end zone when they had to. Give them credit for that. They're 2-2. Two and two, But they look terrible. They, they've had, their two wins have been the Niners and the Colts in overtime. <laughs> okay, And the Eagles, give them credit, went across the country, beat the Chargers. Not that that's, you know, the Chargers aren't a good team, but yeah. still, getting the job done is never easy to go across country. They win the game. Now they come home. I think they're going to lay it on Arizona mm-hmm. in this game. I agree. The, the Cardinals, I just, I just don't know what's going on there. Like, I agree with you that, I, that they deserve some credit for beating the 49ers, but also take into consideration it's an 0-4 team that just completely, completely played them out of their own building, and that was embarrassing to watch. And You need the Colts and the 49ers take you to overtime. That, that's not good. And we knew that this window was going to close eventually, and it seems like that's happened in Oh, Arizona. it's closed. And that's really unfortunate because that was, that was a fun team while it lasted. But as far as this weekend, the, the, the time is for the Eagles. And I think that Carson Wentz is slowly starting to prove himself as a consistent quarterback, maybe not somebody who's a world beater. I'm not going to go out there and you know, pick Carson Wentz over a handful of other quarterbacks in the league. I don't think he's a top-tier guy yet, but he's slowly starting to get his footing. And we're seeing that you know, with you – know, good offense in, in Philadelphia, the defense is good, and that NFC East, the way that the Cowboys are playing, the Giants are a non-factor, the Redskins, we don't know what they are yet. If the Eagles can come away with a win this weekend, they're a real contender for running away with that NFC East. I think they're the best team in the division right now. I, I really do. And, mm-hmm. and look, uh, I've I beat up on Carson Palmer throughout this year to this point, I think sometimes justifiably here. Mm-hmm. You could say, wait, well, for 357 yards, and that's fair. He also threw the ball 51 times. He had a pick. Uh, but I'll say this in defense, Carson Palmer. Can they block anybody? Yeah. He's on his back all game, every game. He got sacked six times by the 49ers in his own building. It's inexcusable. And on the flip side of things, okay, the 49ers, I like their defense. I think the defense is pretty good. Uh, here's the list of guys who caught a pass for the 49ers yesterday. Aldrick Robinson, Trent Taylor, Pierre Garçon, George Kittle, Carlos Hyde, Marquise Goodwin, Kyle Juszczyk, and Matt Brenda. Ugh. Those guys, no, nobody's going to the Hall of Fame, and I grouped that a ticket, okay? <laughs> the Cardinals have to be able to bury that team at home. You're one and two and playing for your life, and it took overtime, and, and almost the entire overtime to win the game? No, I don't, I don't buy the Cardinals at all. I think they're, they're a team on a steep decline and I like the Eagles to really, especially with that front, mm-hmm. they might sack Palmer 12 times. Yeah. So I, give me the Eagles. Give me them big. I think the Eagles are going to handle it, and I think they're going to get the 4-1. They're, they look good. They look really good. Yep, I got the Eagles too. So there's really, you know, sorry for Cardinals fans, but there's not much more to say about them. That It's done. No, it's, it's, it seems pretty straightforward. Now, you know, we go to an argument. I think, I think kind of everybody's surprised a little bit where both these teams are. The Bills at the Bengals. The Bengals laying a field goal. They're favored by a field goal. So Vegas says these teams are even. Mm-hmm. Um, intriguing game because look, the Bengals are 1-3. and three. They, they finally get off to Schneid yesterday. They, they win big over Cleveland, which we'll get to Cleveland in a minute. Uh, I went on a tirade about them in the last episode of this podcast, and it might be time to double down. But the Bengals 1-3 on the year. The Bills 
three and one, a great win at Atlanta. I love the way the defense is playing. The mm-hmm. offense still has me concerned. The offense still, I feel, really struggles if you can stop him from running the ball. But defensively, man, oh, man, Sean McDermott's done a great job. And on top of that, the rookie corner at LSU, Tredavious White, yeah, excellent. Really looks like an up-and-coming star. Was named the AFC's rookie of the month, uh, defense rookie of the month. Uh, I think it's a really interesting game. And I, but I, I do think the Bengals have more talent than their 1-3 and three record indicates. Yeah, I, I wrote about it for, the, for Fansided that the Bengals are one of the four teams in football right now that aren't as bad as their record suggests. Because you go back and you look, they barely lose to the Texans. And that was before Deshaun Watson apparently turned into the second coming of Joe Namath. So, and they should have won that game if their offense had done anything. They scored nine points at home against the Texans. They should have won that game. And then, they, frankly, they should have beat the Packers. I think that they, that was a game that they gave up late and they, they let Aaron Rodgers do with him what he did. You're looking at a team that really isn't as bad as the 1-3 record suggests. Now, the flip side of that, though, is the Bills are a very good team. Tyrod Taylor, I know you're not sold on him, but I was watching them yesterday. And it kind of got a little bit of that like Seattle Seahawks vibe where the defense is really good. And you've got a game manager quarterback, I guess, who can move around in the pocket and he can make things happen. I think Tyrod Taylor is that type of mobile quarterback that can make things happen. Let's not forget that LaShawn McCoy is on that team. Right now, his, the stats aren't really suggesting that he's a big part of the offense. But you take a look at that post-game press conference uh, yesterday on Sunday, and he's right there. He's rah-rah Mr. Cheerleader for the Bills. And that's big. That is the kind of leadership that you need, especially on a team that we thought was just going to be playing through this lost season. So McCoy, once he starts heating up and that offense maybe matches what the defense is doing, the Bills, that, that's serious business. Because if the Buccaneers can beat the, the Patriots and drop them to 2-3 and three, and the Bills are 4-1, and one, whoa. Yeah, I, I'm, not, um, I'm not quite there on the Bills. I think the Bills are good defensively, really good defensively, actually, to be fair to them. I, I don't buy them yet offensively. I, I don't think Tyrod Taylor's a bad quarterback. I just think he's a pretty average quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, love McCoy. I, the receivers, to me, do nothing for me. I'm going to take the Bengals to win the game. and it's no, I, I know it's going to come off like I'm knocking the Bills. I'm really not. I'm really impressed by the Bills. I just think that the Bengals are better than the record indicates, and the Bengals are desperate. The Bengals know they have to win to get back in this race. If they win their 2-3, and three, and then they play Pittsburgh next week, they're on the road, but they'd have a shot to get, to get back in this, this race here. And then after that, they play the Colts and the Jaguars. So I don't think the Bengals are a playoff team only because I think 0-3, you, just, you dig yourself too big of a hole. But I think they're going to find a way. The only concern I have is the Bengals is not run the ball at all this year. Mm-hmm. Averaging 3.3 yards per carry. Joe Mixon's averaging 2.6 yards a carry so far this year behind what is a bad offensive line. If that is my one concern, if you're a Bengals fan in this game, they can't block. And the Bills are going to get after Dalton. Dalton, obviously, not the most mobile of quarterbacks. Here's a fun fact for you. Well, unless you're Cincinnati, it's a sad fact. <laughs> Joe Mixon has more tackles than he does touchdowns this year. Oh, my God. One to nothing. <laughs> okay? So, a little bit of a struggle. But A.J. Green's looked phenomenal. 315 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, I'll take the Bengals in a close game. I just think that they, at home, play desperate and, and find a way to win an ugly game. I'm going to go with the Bills on this one. Uh they just look too good against Atlanta. They're coming off of a win against Denver, a win against the Falcons, and I think that Sean McDermott's really tapped into something. And until I see that defense falter against the, like you said, Bengals offensive line, that's not very good, I'm going to be with the Bills on this one. That's fair. That's fair. The Bills absolutely could win the game. Like I said, I don't want to come off like I'm knocking them. Mm-hmm. The Bills can play. Um, another game that I find really to be interesting, it's another three-point line, Carolina at Detroit, three-point spread in this game, the Lions laying the three at home. Uh, we've talked about this throughout the year on the podcast. I think the Lions are a lot better than people think they are. The Lions can play. They have a good secondary for the first time in forever. Uh, it's not just Darius Slay. They have some other guys who can really get the job done back there on the back end. Ezekiel Ons is a very good player up front. Uh, Jared Davis, he should be returning this week. Uh, he, he's looked dynamite as a rookie. They have Whitehead also. Uh, in that linebacking core, Paul Warlow. I, I like the Lions quite a bit. I think the Lions are going to compete in that, that division. Now, I think the Packers probably still edge them out, but I think the Lions are good. I think the Lions are a playoff team, and I think the Lions are going to handle business and win this game. Carolina, give them credit, 3-1, and one, coming off a huge upset, beating the Pats. But the Lions have a much better defense, and the Lions, with Matt Stafford, can sling the ball around the field. 
Uh, I, I think Detroit handles its business in this game and gets to 4-1 and and maybe gets a little bit more respect than it's gotten so far. Detroit, to me, is probably the best team in football that nobody is talking about. And it just seems to be a consistent thing. Now, th- I think this is the best Matthew Stafford team that they've ever had. This is the best team he's ever played on, and that's saying a lot because he played with a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Calvin Johnson, and none of those teams were as good as this one. Um, I just think that the Lions, the way that they played against Minnesota on Sunday, granted, the, the, you know, the wind got sucked out of the sails big time for the Vikings when they lost Dalvin Cook. Like You instantly saw a different team when they lost him. And, but the Lions give them credit. They capitalize on an opportunity. Football's an opportunistic game. You're supposed to look at the opponent and get them when they're down, and that's what the Lions did. And I didn't see that in Lions teams before this. This is a different Lions team to me. The defense, like you said, best secondary that they've probably ever had. Matthew Stafford, he's a wizard in, at coming back in the fourth quarter and probably one of the most consistent quarterbacks that, again, nobody gives a lot of credit to, but there he is just you know putting up the stats, getting the wins. And I think that the Lions are going to win this game. I really do. You know what? It's, it's a credit to Detroit. They did not play very well yesterday. They were on the road. Now, I know Dalvin Cook got hurt. I get it. I know the Vikings were really limited in what they could do, especially second half of the game. Matt Stafford went 19-31 for 209 and no touchdowns. And he got mm-hmm. sacked six times. They ran the ball for three yards a carry. Yeah. Golden Tate had three catches for 29 yards. And they still won. Mm-hmm. The Lions don't normally win games like that. The Lions usually, if Stafford doesn't throw for 300 plus, they just they lose immediately. They, they get down, they get buried. I give Detroit a lot of credit. I think this is a defense that can really play. And why I don't dismiss Carolina, I, I think that Newton has struggled mightily this year. Now, you could say, well, he got on track against New England. I think that's more of a thing that New England stinks defensively than yeah. it is that Cam Newton has all of a sudden figured something out. Uh, I watched that game. There were still a lot of times where Cam Newton misguys were wide open. And so I have real concerns about him still. I think the Panthers are a good team. I think the Lions are a really good team, and I like him at home to get the 4-1. and one. Yeah, and you, you talk about Cam Newton too. And just you know, to end on the Panthers' note here, because I'm picking the Lions to win this game, but to tie a bow around it, Cam Newton against the Patriots, who we've established, not just the two of us, but anybody with eyes, can see that they're not a good defense. Go back, rewind that a week. He almost loses at home to the Buffalo Bills, who are a good defense. So that right there, if you got to look at, oh, yeah, Cam Newton figured it out against the Patriots. No, it's what you said. Patriots are not a good defense, and he's going to run into another good defense this weekend and a good secondary in Detroit. And I think that that combination with Stafford is why they're going to win. Yeah, and now uh, you know, we'll move to an AFC game here. We're going to run through these games just a little bit quicker just because with all due respect to these teams, I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> think anybody wants to – really delve too deep into this. Uh, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Steelers are favored by nine. Obviously, Pittsburgh, a very good team. We're not really throwing them into that mix, but I don't, I don't see any way Jacksonville's winning this game. No. I, I Frankly, if you're a Jaguars fan, you have to be viciously nauseous mm-hmm. watching them lose to the Jets while Blake Bortles didn't complete a pass down the stretch of the fourth quarter and all through overtime. Frankly, he looked like Blake Bortles. And without Allen Robinson, that offense is just so limited, even with him, frankly, with Bortles at quarterback. I, there's, I would be beyond shocked if Blake Bortles goes into Pittsburgh and wins that game. I think maybe Jacksonville keeps it close, but Pittsburgh in their own building is a totally different team, and I think the Steelers are going are gonna, to, frankly, blow the doors off Jacksonville. I would be surprised if that game's still in doubt at halftime. I am massively disappointed in the Jacksonville Jaguars. You died on that hill big I, time last week. I died on the, I died on the defensive hill, and I, I'm going to continue to do that because That's the defense okay. is the only good thing about that team. But it, for some reason, that like made me sympathetic towards the Jaguars' cause, I guess. But and it was just that was horrible. Like you, you can't lose to the Jets. Like say what you will about the Jets or whatever. You know, I don't want to be negative about the Jets or anything like that. But come on, are you kidding me? Overtime. To the Jets. I mean, well, we try to keep it real here. Let's just be honest. The Jets aren't a good football team. They're not. And I give the Jets a ton of credit for being 2-2. Two and two. I don't think anybody yeah. in the world thought they were going to win two games this whole year, let alone the first month of the year. Hey, give them credit. The Jets are playing really hard under Todd Bowles. They're not a good team. They don't have a lot of talent. But they're playing their butts off, and I give them credit for that. But here's the problem with Jacksonville. Blake Bortles is 15-35 for a buck 40, a touchdown, oh. and a pick. That stinks. Quite honestly, I don't know why Doug Marone's wasting his time. Just bench him. 
Just get it over with. He can't play. I know Chad Henney's not the answer. I know Chad Henney's not your future. But you know what? Blake Bortles isn't your future either. He, he is god-awful. And at some point, you have to just say it is what it is. Your defense yesterday also giving up 256 yards rushing on eight yards of carry. What are we talking? I mean, you, you have no chance to win a game like that. They did sack Josh McCown five times, but not enough. And it's never going to be enough at Portals. It is never, I don't care if that defense plays great football every week. They're, they have no chance. Nope. And to me, that loss against the Jets, uh, that pretty much put the stamp on them uh, as being another afterthought for another season. Because they, if you can't beat the Jets, you're not, you're not going anywhere. And so, uh, that's that's all I think that needs to be said about that game. Then another one o'clock game, the Chargers come all the way across the country after what? being home for three weeks and and putting up a goose egg, going zero for three. They come across and they play the Giants. So a couple zero and four teams. Somebody has to win. Giants are favored by four. Your thoughts? This is kind of a, I don't want to say the epitome of how we don't know anything about this season up to this point. But who would have thought that of the games that we're going through in week five and skipping over the bad ones, that we're going to skip over the Chargers and the Giants because they're both 0-4. Now, it's, it's incredible to me that both of these teams are 0-4 in situations in which they could very well be 2-2. Two two. So the Giants, if they don't start so late against the Eagles and they beat the Bucks like they should have on Sunday, 2-2. Two two. Same thing with the Chargers. They should have beat the Dolphins. You know, there's games that they should have won. They should have beat the Broncos in the first week this season. They're very easily 2-2. Two two. But I just don't I, I don't know. It seems like this is lost seasons for both teams. Uh, Anthony Lynn has the benefit of being a first-year head coach. But when are you going to start figuring things out? When are you going to start learning how to manage a game? I, I get he's a first-year head coach. But come on, you've got Phillip Rivers as your quarterback. If you know your kicker can't kick, cut him and get somebody else. He doesn't know. It, it, he's such a stereotypical first-year head coach. It's frustrating to watch. I mean, I'm the one watching it, and Chargers fans don't even show up to watch it. And then on the flip side of New York – I think it's really, you know, if they have another bad game, they start 0-5, even if they win, that New York media, it's going to come after Ben McAdoo, and rightfully so. And Adam, I would not be surprised if he's that guy that at the beginning of the year you don't have his name on the hot seat, and at the end of the year he's one of the first guys fired on Black Monday. Yeah, they, they're not good. Neither one of these teams are any good, but I'm taking the Giants for this game. Yeah. I, I don't care. Like, everybody talks about the Chargers every year, how unlucky they are. They're not unlucky. They stink. Mm-hmm. They're 9-27 and 27 in their last 36 regular season games. They stink, okay? And, yeah, they've got some injuries. Perryman's out, Verrett's out. You know, Forrest Lamp was a second-round pick. He's out. They haven't gotten any games played yet out of their first-round pick. Mike Williams, the receiver out of Clemson, he uh, might come back this week. He's been practicing. But I- I'm just done with the whole thing with the Chargers. I'm mm-hmm. done listening to people say, well, you know, they got unlucky. They've played close games. I don't care. Teams play close games all the time, and they lose games. And good teams find a way to win those games. Yeah. The Chargers never make winning plays when it matters, and that's why they're 0-4. And the Giants, okay, everybody talks about how good defensively they are, and I've been right in that boat with people. But the last two weeks, that defense has had to make one stand late in the games. Can't do it. Yep. They just give up huge chunk plays. They let teams go right down the field. And offensively, the Giants, they've kind of come awake the last couple of weeks to some degree, but they can't run the ball. They can't block. And when they play teams that can get a pass rush and can cover, it's over. Mm-hmm. They're not beating Denver next week when they go into, into mile high on Sunday night football. They have no chance. They're not beating Kansas City later in the year. They're not, beating, they're not beating Philadelphia when they come back to New York. The Giants have so many issues offensively. The only way they can beat you is by throwing the ball over the field, and if you can cover at all for three seconds, it's over. Luckily for the Giants, I don't think the Chargers can do that. <laughs> the Chargers, however, are going to sack Manning ten times in this oh, game. Yeah. But I, I, and, and the other thing, too, and, and I'll leave it at this. Uh, I don't want to ramble too much about this game. But I, I feel like it just needs to be mentioned. Okay. Phillip Rivers, 22-38 on Sunday, 347 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. They, they still can't win. Mm. They just can't win. And that's a guy, to me, he's got to just go home and slam his head into a wall. I don't know what else they could ask of ancient Phillip Rivers – and it just doesn't matter. They can't run the ball when they need to. They can't get a stop. The kicker can't kick. So, in any event, I think the Giants are going to win the game, uh, and I think they'll cover. Yeah, I got the Giants winning this game. And, yeah, the, the Chargers, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's, it's frustrating. So, uh, Moving on to the other New York team, the, the 
better New York team right now. Yeah. Who, who before the season would have thought that entering week five, you've got a 2-2 two and two New York team and an 0-4 oh New York team? And the 0-4 oh team's not the Jets. You would have won a lot of money on that oh, bet yeah. at the beginning of the year. The Jets go into Cleveland. Somehow the Browns are favored by two in this game. Uh, the Browns are atrocious. Yeah. And, you know, we always try to look for the positives in these games. What positive is there? They can't stop mm-hmm. anybody. And while I am all aboard starting Deshaun Kaiser right away because I don't think there's any other option worth talking about that team. He's 16 to 34 for a buck 18 and a pick against the Bengals. What are we talking about? And and in watching that game, Kenny Britt was a train wreck. Yeah. Eight targets, you had three catches for 52 yards. I don't know why he's basically he should take his payment payment with a ski mask on every week. The Browns at some point here something has to give. Will they win this week? They're at home. They're playing the Jets. Can the, can the Jets put together a three-game winning streak? Maybe. I I will take the Browns only because I think at some point here they have to win a game. And I don't know that the Jets are good enough to go on the road and win a game. But this game to me is is it's, – it's, frankly, it's pretty depressing. But I give the Jets a lot of credit. I think the Jets will play hard. If Cleveland doesn't play well, they're going to lose. But I think Cleveland here, at some juncture, has to win a football game. So I'll, I'll take them to win, but with very, very minimal confidence. Last week I said that if the Browns let me down again, I was going to have to jump off the bandwagon. And as much as it pains me, because I was really rooting for the Browns. They really had a lot going for them. It looked like this was finally the year that they, they weren't going to turn into a playoff team, but they were going to start pivoting towards being better than what they were before because they had the young players in, in, in town. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington said she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And they have Hugh Jackson, who seemed to know like he knew what he was doing, but now I have to seriously question that. And now we're sitting in a situation where the Jets are going to be 3-2. and two. The Jets are going to have a winning record after five weeks in the season. Like, who had that? And that, that, that says... Like you said, it says a lot about the Jets. Good for them because they were a team kind of like the Bills that everybody was like, oh, yeah, they're a joke. They're a mortal lock for the first pick in the draft. And here they are. They're a wild card contender at this point. They're going to beat the Browns on Sunday. They're going to be 3-2. and two, And you're going to have a completely different conversation than we thought we were going to have when we looked at this game at the beginning of the season where we said, you know, hide the children, put them in the basement because they're, you know, they don't need to see this on national television. Now we're looking at the Jets going to be 3-2. and two, The Browns, I don't know what's going on there, but maybe Cleveland is cursed. I mean, <laughs> the superstition has to be the only type of, you know, explanation for this. And I got to, you know what, listen, I've been all aboard Hugh Jackson. Hey, listen, give him time. The personnel stinks. Win a game, man. Yeah. Win one game. At some juncture here, I know your team stinks. I get it. Your personnel is not that good. But you know what? Your personnel is better than the friggin' Jets. Mm-hmm. And you're 0-4. And they get hammered in these games. It's not even like the Browns are competitive. You can say, well, they were competitive week one. Okay. They got blown out by Baltimore. Even though the score ended up being 31-28, they got blown out in Indianapolis. And they got absolutely waxed at home by the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Y- you got to give me something. You have, to, you have to do something to earn your job. But enough about that game. I, I think the Jets... Yeah. Going to play them tough. Uh, frankly, the, I honestly think the Jets are a much better team. I'm only taking the Browns because I just think at some point here, these, these things are going to regress to the mean. But uh, another game where talk about regressing to the mean or, or maybe advancing <laughs> to the mean, however you want to word it. The 49ers <laughs> are at the Colts. Uh, I think this one's a quickie here. Colts favored by two. Uh, I like the Colts in this game. They're at home. They actually played Seattle really tough for a half before they got blown out of the building. I like the Niners defensively, but I don't think they're going to go on the road and win. I think the Colts get to two and three. And if that's the case, then luck comes back in that division. Somehow, the, the Colts like borderline alive. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take the Colts mostly just because they're at home, favored by two. I'll take them to cover. I'm going to take the 49ers on this one. It's kind of the same situation where I was with the Browns last week, where if they screw me again, I'm going to have to jump off the bandwagon. And it looked like they were going to pull it out. My only hesitation in picking the 49ers to win this game is in overtime when it mattered. All of a sudden on that last – or the first drive, I guess, first and only drive for the Cardinals, 
they turned into an 0-4 defense where they let the, they let the, 49, or the Cardinals score twice. Because that first one was a touchdown to Jerron Brown or whoever caught that. That was a touchdown when he dragged his toe. And then they let Larry Fitzgerald catch the easiest touchdown pass ever. And they looked like an 0-4 team. I'm going to give them – I like the defense, and I think that Kyle Shanahan's going to use these last two games where they almost won. They almost beat the Rams, a good team. They almost beat the Cardinals, a whatever team. And they're going to go up against the Colts and get this win on the road. But if they don't, then I'm going to have to reconsider my feelings about the 49ers. That's uh, that's very fair. I just yeah. I how do you how do you parse this game? I, I would I would take the yeah. Colts to win at home, but again, like if the Niners go in there and win, it's not a stunner. But the Colts, like to me, the Niners have no shot at doing anything this year. If the Colts win this game, they're not good. But Andrew Luck's coming back, and suddenly yeah. like you're two and three with Andrew Luck back, and you're playing Jacksonville next week. It's possible. Uh, next game, last of the one o'clock games, Titans. At Miami, the Titans on the road favored by three. The NFL this year has been crazy. And I think this game is a perfect example of it. Yeah. Right? Like if the Dolphins don't get a miss kick at the end by the Chargers in week, well, technically in week two, their first game, they're 0-3 right now. Mm-hmm. Tennessee beat the Seahawks, scored 33 points. You're saying, okay, here they come. Then go on the road Oof. against the Texans and give up. 57 points. And here's a couple stats from this game. <laughs> Houston outgained Tennessee 445 to 195. The time of possession was 40 minutes to 20. Tennessee turned the ball over five times, including four interceptions, two from Mariota, two from Castle. First downs in this game, 33 to 9. Okay? But here's the amazing thing. The yards per play in this game separated by less than a yard, mm. which – You'd say, wow, that's not that bad, except for the fact that the Texans had 78 <laughs> plays and Tennessee had 41. So what do you make of this game? I don't know. Th- to be very blunt, I don't know where you go Mm-mm. with this game. Miami just finished getting plastered by the Jets and then pulled off what, what frankly, I thought was the impossible dream. <laughs> the Saints shut them out. So... I don't know, like, what are the Titans? I feel like I know the Dolphins are, are not a very good football team. I don't know what the Titans are. 57 to 14, is that just one of those crazy, aberrational, weird games? Or are the Titans just not a good football team? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Titans to win. I just think they'll bounce back after playing so horribly. And that's assuming Mariota's playing. If he's not, then give me the Dolphins. But uh, do you have any more insight on, on, as to what either of these teams are? I know that the Dolphins need a quarterback, and they don't have one in Jay Cutler, but they made that bed, and they're going to have to sleep in it for the rest of the season. And really, there's nothing else they could have done outside of getting Colin Kaepernick. But I don't know how that would have sat with the Cuban community in in Miami because we saw that last year. Maybe they'll, you know, I don't know how that would have worked out. But outside of Kaepernick and Cutler and, you know, backing up the Brinks truck to get Romo out of retirement, what were they going to do? They were going to have – they don't have any options. So they they went with what they thought was the best option with the Adam Gaze connection, which – on paper, looked great. In reality, it's awful. And a lot that has a lot to do with Jay Cutler's habitual need to not be prepared, not really give a crap. I mean, you saw him go out into formation, and he was just sitting there with his hands on his waist. And it's like, that's Jay Cutler in a nutshell. Perfect picture. Take that, frame it. That's Jay Cutler's career in a nutshell. And I think that the Dolphins, you know, there was no times when Jay Cutler was in Chicago where the Bears were down, early in the season, and he was like, all right, guys, we got this rah-rah, Mr. Cheerleader, we're going to get back. It's just like, man, the checks are clearing, so whatever. Vacation in Miami. I got Tennessee. I'm frustrated beyond belief with Tennessee for the game that they turned in against Houston because they were a team that we put, we were talking about with, like, Tampa Bay where it's like, yeah, this is the year that they can finally pull it together. And then they, they, they lay a dud like that. So I'm not sold on either of these teams. I'm selling stock. I'm throwing stock overboard on the, on the Titans, even though I'm picking them to win. It's more or less because the Dolphins aren't good enough to win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We don't have to say any more about that. Look, Cutler's not been good. Mm-mm. And uh, you know it's bad when you know, you're looking at the stat sheet for the Dolphins and you realize they don't have one interception the entire year. Oof. So not, not really getting that job done either. The team, as a team, they rush for 3.2 yards a carry. So moving on to the 4 o'clock games, the Ravens at the Raiders. The Ravens and the Raiders both start out 2-0. They've both lost two games each since. The question really is, what is what's going on with Derek Carr? Yeah. 
If Derek Carr just has back spasms and he's fine, he can play this week, I, I think the Raiders roll. I don't think the Ravens can score a point. The Ravens' offense is so bad. It's, it's impossible to watch. And, you know, by the way, and I, listen, we're, we're totally out of politics in this podcast because it's about football, but nice job by the Ravens fans booing the Jesus. players for kneeling before the anthem. You know when you should have booed <laughs> after the anthem for three solid hours? That's nope. when you should have booed that team. That team is a disaster. The best thing you did all day long was kneel. It should have kneeled throughout the game. Mm. It should just kept taking a knee <laughs> repeatedly. Um, but, listen, the Raiders, and there's no line for this game, by the way, because we just don't know what's going on with Derek Carr. But if he's healthy and he's upright, I think the Raiders win. If he's not healthy... Uh, I don't think E.J. Manuel can, can beat the Ravens' defense. I would take the Ravens like 10-9 in that game, and I would advise you not to watch it. Uh, but I, I, think, I think with Carr, the Raiders will, will get off the shine. They'll, they'll find a way to win. I think the Raiders might find a way to win even with E.J. Manuel. But that's, that, again, kind of like what we said about how the, why the Titans would beat the Dolphins is just because they, they can't compete. I don't think that the Ravens are a good team. I said it before they went to London. I called them a joke. And – they went out and they lost 44-7 to to the Jaguars, who just lost to the Jets in overtime. So it's like, I don't understand where these teams are going here. So I've got the Raiders winning this regardless of who's at quarterback, if only because I don't think Jack Del Rio can allow to let this team drop to 2-3, and three, not only in the AFC West, but just in the AFC in general. It, it just can't happen. Yeah, well, I, depending on what happens on Monday night, if Kansas City does take care of business here against the Redskins and wins, the Chiefs are two games up. Yeah. Four games into the year. Now, look, I, I get it's four games into the season, but I would be shocked if the Chiefs, unless they get besieged by injuries, go any worse than 12-4. and four. Yeah. And if that's the case, the Raiders are already in a situation where if they're going to win that division, you better start winning week after week after week. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I've said it throughout this podcast, even in the summer. I'm not a big Raiders guy. I think the Raiders are a nine-win team. I, I just don't trust the defense. Marshawn Lynch looks like he's running in concrete. The, and by the way, Amari Cooper might have to add him to witness protection. Check the uh, milk cartons. Or, or, yeah, I should, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> because people are going to be coming after him. Like, I don't know what is going on with Amari Cooper, and I, it, but over his last 12 regular season games, he has 476 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Oof. It's, it's time to put out the APB for Amari yeah. Cooper. What, what is going on? Is he hurt? Is there, is there a deeper issue? Is he having some kind of... Yeah, just mental confidence problems. Mm-hmm. I know he leaves the league in drops. He's dropped thirty six percent of the balls thrown to him. Like you're terrible if you drop ten percent, thirty six percent. Amari Cooper can play. This isn't a guy who's not who, who who struggles to, you know, have have enough talent. Yeah. So I'll leave you with this stat. I I went I went through this and I just found <laughs> this fascinating. Okay, everybody talked about Marshawn Lynch at the beginning of this year and how great he was going to be for the Raiders. And I was on record saying, look, he, he didn't play last year. He's thirty one years old. Mm-hmm. So far, the Raiders are paying Marshawn Lynch $4,139.07 per yard. The Chiefs are paying Kareem Hunt $308.13 per yard. So with 13 multiple. Uh, I, I think so far the Marshawn Lynch experiment uh, has, has failed. But look, I, I do think, though, again, Derek Carr's healthy. I think the Raiders win this game. And I, I think they'll, they'll handle business at home. If he's not healthy, give me the Ravens. Yeah, I've got the Raiders in this one, too. I just don't see any way that the Ravens can beat them, regardless of who's playing quarterback for Oakland. So, another, this game I'm actually really intrigued by, and I never thought I'd say that at the beginning of the year, but I really am now. Mm-hmm. Seattle's at the Rams. Rams are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Vegas is basically saying they're about even. Mm-hmm. I love the Rams in this game. Oh, yeah. Like, I think the Rams are going to light up Seattle. I don't even – and I know – Seattle's been there and done it. They've been a bunch of big games. But Seattle's always struggled with the Rams to begin with. Yeah. The Rams are a very physical team up front. Now, the defense has stunk this year for the Rams. But offensively, the, the Rams are putting folks on notice. They scored 35 against Dallas. Scored, I believe, 41 against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Scored 46 against the Colts. Like the, the Rams are laying waste to people at this point. So, at home, Seattle's always a different team on the road. Seattle can't protect. Seattle struggled early in the game to put the Colts away until they got a couple of defensive touchdowns. I think the Rams are going to win, and I think the Rams are going to win big, and all of a sudden the West is going to look like it's a race because, frankly, I think it is. The, uh, I just looked this up quick, and the, the Rams, with Jeff Fisher, 
were three and one over the last three years against the uh, or the last couple of years against the the Seahawks. That was Jeff Fisher, the man who I'm pretty sure numerous times last season fell asleep behind his sunglasses on the sideline. Which kind of leads me to the next point of how great Sean McVay is. We'd mentioned this a couple of weeks ago about how Jared Goff looks really good. Now, I wouldn't, he's kind of in the Carson Wentz thing now, whereas I'm not saying he's elite, top-tier quarterback. I think he's still, like, third-tier quarterback. But there, it's night and day from broomstick with a wig last season to a guy who actually can lead a team into Dallas and beat a playoff team, one of the best teams in the NFC, supposedly, Regardless of how you feel about Dallas and where they're going to go this year, it's hard to go on the road as a young team. Like I watched the Buccaneers do it last year on Sunday Night Football, and when they were kind of in a similar position, they go into Dallas and they lose because they couldn't get it done with a young quarterback and a young team with an okay defense. Go back to yesterday, Jared Goff and the Rams, at no point in that game was I like, oh, yeah, the Cowboys got this. They went down early. Jared Goff, they pivot, they figure it out, get the lead, hold the lead, and they're able to maintain the style of play that they were going for the entire game. And I think that that's something we didn't see last year. And all of the credit in the world goes to Sean McVay for turning this around. Coach of the year. Coach of the year so far through the first four games. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I don't think there's any question. I think like, I'm, I'm with you with Carson Wentz. I'm not ready to quite make that leap. I think he's got a lot of talent, but mm-hmm. he's got to kind of refine his game, be consistent. I'm flat out there with Jared Goff. Uh-huh. McVay has got him turned around 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. Everything looks better. His mechanics looks better. He looks more confident. He's throwing the ball with zip down the middle of the field. I mean, he made a throw yesterday, and I'm forgetting who he threw the ball. It might have been to Todd Gurley, actually. He threw it down the seam to Todd Gurley about 25 or 30 yards on a rope. It was a beautiful throw. It was one of the nicest throws I've seen anybody make all year long. And I've seen him make multiple throws like that this year. He's on pace for about 4,300 yards and 28 touchdowns. He's got seven TDs to one pick right now. I love the way he's playing. Todd Gurley, after a rough sophomore year, he looks like he's back in business. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley's on pace to rush for well over 1,400 yards. I, re- I think the Rams are for real. Like, oh, yeah. it, like, I don't think, you know, at first, to be very honest, you know, when they beat the Colts and the Niners, it's like, okay, you know, those two teams are, are frankly, beloved teams. Yeah. Got an ex- to go on the road to Dallas, where the Cowboys really needed to Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Kind of get going and win that game. Go on the road. And they got – the thing that was impressive to me the most, they got down 17-6 in that game. It looked like Dallas was going to blow them out of the building. Mm -hmm. And the Rams regrouped and the Rams smoked them. And the other thing to keep in mind is in the second half of that game, Dallas scored six points. Yep. The Rams outcoached them, they adjusted, and they beat them to the punch. I think the Rams are going to win this game, and I think there's a real chance that the Rams are the best team in that division because Seattle right now, they can't block. The defense at times looks slow. And, the, and I think Sean McVay, I really believe this, I, I think he's already one of the best coaches in football. Yeah. And I know, I know it's so early to say that, but to, to have such a stark turnaround – it has to be said, they look like a totally different football team. And I'm, I'm really excited for the Rams, and I'm really excited about the Rams. I, I'm really looking forward to watching that game. They are, they are far and away the best team in the NFC West. And taking a look at their, their upcoming schedule, because I'm picking them to win this weekend against the Seahawks, which will put them at 4-1, and one, okay? Then they, get, they go to Jacksonville, 5-1. and one. Then they get Arizona at home, 6-1. Six 6-1 and, one. Six and one into the bye week? That's incredible. And then out of the bye week, they get the Giants, they get the, the Texans, and they get the Vikings. So, you know, th- those aren't easy cakewalk games, especially the Vikings game. But, I mean, you're looking at 7-2 and two at maybe the worst it, heading into the second half of the season, the push. So I, they're far and away the best team in the NFC West. And I might take it a step further, especially if they can beat the Seahawks this weekend and say they might be top three team in the NFC entirely. They could be. They really, and I give them a lot of credit. The Rams, you know, for years, though, we've said, like, this roster's a good roster. They yeah. just they can't, like, what is wrong with them? Well, Jeff Fisher is what was wrong with them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I'll share this really quickly because I think it's interesting and I think it matters. A couple of years ago, I went out to Kansas City for training camp, and on my way back, I said, you know, let's swing by St. Louis for a few days. It was our last year in St. Louis. 
and I went with a buddy of mine who maybe is listening, Mike Condon, and uh, we were we went to their practice. And we had been in Kansas City for three days. We watched Andy Reid run practice, and and it was a it was no nonsense. It was the Chiefs move with pace and with purpose from drill to drill, so on and so forth. They worked after practice. Got guys really, you could tell it was a team that expected to win that had some expectation. We went to Rams camp, and it was like Club Med. Like, I've never seen a practice, and I've seen multiple teams throughout the years. I've saw Rex Ryan's practices with the Jets. I went to camp there all the time, and I went back in New York. And this was ridiculous, even compared to that. I mean, there were times where guys were practicing. They were doing punt return drills. I'll never forget watching Tavon Austin. Instead of taking punts like he normally would and returning them, he was trying to catch the ball behind his back. And I just remember thinking, this team is going to be awful. And they were awful. Uh, I, I would be willing to bet that if I went to a Rams practice right now, it's not what it looks like. No. So take the Rams. I know we're both on that. I think they'll cover. Um, and then another NFC game, the last of the, the late window games, Green Bay at Dallas. Dallas favored by two and a half. Packers come in three and one. They had an extra couple days to prepare off their Thursday night waxing of the Bears. The Cowboys, two and two, and in desperate need of a win here at home. Uh, I'll jump. I'll get right to it. I think the Packers are going to win the game because I don't think Dallas can stop them. And I, while I don't think the Packers exactly are a great defensive team, I have seen nothing from the Cowboys this year that makes me confident that they're going to beat Aaron Rodgers and company. Couldn't do it in January last year. I don't know what's going on with Sean Lee. If he'll be healthy, he's got a hamstring injury, missed a game against the Rams. I think Rodgers is going to throw for 400 yards in this game. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, yes, Dallas can get someone into a shootout here if they have to, but I, I like the Packers. I like them not only to cover, but to win outright. I agree. And, you know, I really want to talk about the Cowboys defense because that's going to be a big problem against the Packers, especially with Aaron Rodgers and all they can do with the receivers. But we kind of, you know, you're comparing it to the situation with New England where Tom Brady scores 30 points and the defense can't stop Carolina from scoring 33 in Foxborough. Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on with the offensive line, but if that offense isn't firing on all cylinders and winning games like they kind of did in the first week of the season against New York, that defense is not going to bail you out. This isn't a team where the defense is like, okay, we got you. Bad game for Dak. Zeke didn't get all the yards he needed to get. We got you. It's not going to happen. Jalen Smith, can we talk about how he's not? Everybody's crazy about him every single time they put the camera on him because it's like, oh, yeah, he was at Notre Dame and he shredded his knee, and it's great that he's back. But I've I've not seen anything out of him that's like uh, yeah he's, he looked bad he looks like he's yeah. still hurt and I'm just like oh my god the Cowboys what are you guys doing and I think that we're reaching a point now where I don't think that their season's over I think that they're going to be fine they're going to be in contention to win the NFC East but you talk about the New York media media going after Ben McAdoo and that 0-4 start Dallas fans are not going to be okay with Jer- uh, Jason Garrett and all that's going on if they lose this game to the Packers which I think they're going to I've got Green Bay winning this one. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see it. And if the Cowboys lose this game, you know, is there a little bit of panic starting to set in? You know, two and three, uh, you know, Philadelphia looks for real, and we expect them both to win this week. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's only rushing for 3.6 yards of carry. Like, at some juncture here, something's got to change. And I'll tell you, if you watch the games, it's, it's pretty obvious to the even the untrained eye. Teams are just stacking the box and saying, and, and yeah. by the way, stacking the box podcast. See, worked at it. <laughs> But teams are just putting seven, eight guys in the box all the time. Yeah. And saying, go ahead and beat a strong You can't do it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But we both have Green Bay. Then we get to a Sunday night game, which suddenly it looks like a very good game. Mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs at the Houston Texans. The Chiefs, this is, again, before their Monday night game, so the line might shift. But the Chiefs right now favored by one and a half on the road in Houston Vegas showing a lot of respect to the Chiefs. Frankly, I actually thought the game might be more of a pick'em, uh, just because of how great Houston played last week. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really I can't say enough about how well Houston uh, took care of business. Interesting game. Uh, the Chiefs are a very good defensive team, uh, the best defense that Deshaun Watson will face by a significant uh, margin. Offensively, Kansas City brings that three-headed monster in with with Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's been so good this year that he's leading the NFL in rushing right now, and he's played three games. Everybody else played four. Yeah. And he's still leading by, like, 50 yards. It just goes to show how good he's been. Um, and, of course, though, you're going against a front that has Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. I'll let you 
I'll lead off here. Uh, your thoughts on the Sunday night game this upcoming weekend? I really think this is going to be a defensive matchup. The, the, the Chiefs have not run into a good defense yet this year. Patriots, first week, everybody thought that that defense was going to be great. Now we see that that was a mirage. I don't know what's going on there. The Eagles' defensive front's good, but it's not that. You know, it's, it's all right. That's the closest. Front's very good. Front's very good. The secondary's not. They're, they actually, though, are a lot like Houston yeah. defensively because they have a really good front. The secondary's kind of, you know, so-so. Yeah, and I think that this is really going to be the first big defensive test that the, that the Chiefs get. So I'm, I'm picking them to win this game just because I don't think, I'm not really that sold on Houston yet. I think that they're really good, and I do think that this is the point in the season where they flipped it, and now they are going to make that push to win the, the AFC South with all that's going on with the Titans and the Jaguars are a joke, and who knows what's going on with, with, with Indianapolis. But Deshaun Watson... I'm very interested to see him in the Sunday night spotlight, and it couldn't come at a better time. And I'm, I'm gonna, to me, the narrative going in and coming out of the game isn't the Chiefs. They're going to be fine no matter what happens. It's how does Deshaun Watson, the hype of Deshaun Watson, coming off a 57-point game against the division rival on national television, NBC, big time, and then what does he do in that game, and how is that dissected afterwards? Does he falter like he did on the Thursday night game, which was kind of national television? Or does he go in there and does he have another statement game against a very, very good team? I don't think that he's going to win. I think that he plays well, though, and I think he, again, kind of adds to this rookie of the year resume that he's putting together. Yeah, listen, I, I've been really impressed with Deshaun Watson. I'm torn on this game. Uh, I picked the Chiefs only because they haven't lost yet, and so I think they, they deserve that respect. The other reason I, I will pick them, so I, I shouldn't say the only reason, is Marcus Peters – I will. I do not expect Deshaun Watson to really throw at him very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll stay away from most quarterbacks do, uh, and wisely so. Um, the other point in this game is Deshaun Watson has been very good with his legs. He's run for 148 yards, a couple touchdowns. He's going to be going head-to-head against Derek Johnson, who's going to be staring at him mm-hmm. across. And the Chiefs, every time they play mobile quarterbacks, they spy him with Derek Johnson. Happens every game. And I expect Derek Johnson to be a spy in this game again. And, you know, can, can Watson match which with a guy who's been in the league you know, a dozen years? Uh, I find that fascinating. The thing, though, frankly, right, I think tips the scales in Kansas City's favor, other than just experience, and that's something, of course, Watson will pick up, but the coaches. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs are going to outcoach them. Now, last year the Chiefs lost in Houston, played horribly, lost 19-12. to 12. Year before that, they went in on opening day and beat them up, and then won thirty to nothing in the playoffs. This is the fourth time the Chiefs have played in Houston in, in three years. So, um, I'll take the Chiefs. Wouldn't be surprised if Houston wins. Chiefs aren't going to win them all, so the Chiefs might lose this game. But this is certainly the biggest test that Houston's faced all year. Um, you can make an argument right now, and frankly, un- really not even with bias. I, w- I will make it. The Chiefs are the best team in football right now. They're undefeated. They've played good teams. They're terrific offensively. Defensively, they're, they're playing excellent football. The Chiefs are 3-0 and and have taken the most penalties. Well, before yesterday, taken the most penalties in the NFL. So I expect that to get cleaned up. They've, they're normally pretty disciplined. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. And I think that Kansas City wins. But, again, Houston's going to have a shot. I, I think it's a really good game. I'll take the Chiefs by about a field goal. Yeah, I've got the Chiefs winning this one too, but like you said, Texans and Deshaun Watson, that's the thing that I'm watching. I'm really excited to see how he performs on a big stage in front of a national audience. Last game of the week, Monday Night Football, and it's right here in the Windy City from where we record this podcast. The Minnesota Vikings at the Bears. The Vikings favored by three, and I think right now look, we have to talk more about the personnel than actual the teams. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook uh, confirmed, unfortunately, right before we came on, out for the year towards ACL it's a brutal loss for the Vikings who are already dealing with quarterback issues Sam Bradford we don't know when he's coming back to the knee injury Teddy Bridgewater still working his way back offense looks to be in shambles right now Mm -hmm. defensively they're still terrific the Bears uh, officially going to Mitchell Trubisky this week not surprised thought it might happen getting that extra couple of days to prepare Uh, I'm all for the move I think Mike Lennon's terrible Uh, your your thoughts on that I, man, the Bears, I'll, I'll start with the Bears because I don't think that they're going to win this game. And regardless of whether Trubisky's out there or not, I think it's great that they finally got to him. I was of the mind that they should just make him sit, make him stew, 
let a bad quarterback that he knows he's better than play in games that he maybe thinks he could help them win and light that fire under him so then he doesn't forget that. I think that that may be a tactic that they could use. But it's fine. We're going to get to see him. I don't think he's going to play particularly well against a very good Vikings defense. My, my thing here, though, is the Vikings and Dalvin Cook. That was rough. I was, I was joking with some friends before the game because I somehow cursed the Vikings for years back to, like, the Blair Walsh field goal. Every time I say something's going to happen with the Vikings, no matter if it's a 23-yard chip shot or not, the opposite ends up happening. So I was joking. I was like, oh, have fun with Xavier Rhodes and his torn ACL. Right, wrong player, right injury. So, you know, I'll take the blame for that. But you saw as soon as Dalvin Cook went down, that team changed. And it reminded me last year when they started out 5-0, and something changed, and that locker room was not the same the rest of the way. How do the Vikings come back from this? They have a good running back in Latavius Murray, an all right running back in Jarek McKinnon, who knows the system. But it's basically the same makeup it was last year when Adrian Peterson went down. The offensive line's good, a little bit better, not great. Case Keenum's still the quarterback. You've got an injured Teddy Bridgewater, an injured Sam Bradford behind you. It's back to the same thing it was last year, where it's the defense has to win the games, and I don't know if, that, I don't know if they can do it. They can do it against Chicago. Long term, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the Vikings, but I don't think defensively uh, they can carry the mail all by themselves. Most of the defenses can't in the NFL. Uh, they just don't have any offense. No. And, and I like the receivers. Diggs and Thielen, you know, have been very frankly not even expected them to be. But, um, yeah, I just I don't, uh, I don't see it. I don't see the Vikings losing on Monday, but I don't see them winning long-term. Trubisky, touch on that quick. Look, it's the right move. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know the Bears – are looking at these next 12 games basically as a long-term audition. He doesn't have any receivers to work with, which is concerning. But you're not learning anything with Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon can't play. Mike, Mike Glennon is at best a backup quarterback. I don't even know if he's that, honestly. He, he can't play. He can't throw the ball. He has no pocket presence. So I think the Bears are doing the right thing here by going with Trubisky, getting him started at home. Uh, I like the saw out of him in the preseason, but the preseason and the regular season is a different animal. So we'll see how he plays. It's up. I like they got him going at home off a long week uh, of preparation. I, I'm not thrilled he's starting against Minnesota, but hey, you know what? He's, he's got to get in there. At some point, he's got to let it rock. So uh, I think the Bears made the right move. I don't think it's saving John Fox's job, but I think it was the right decision. <laughs> I don't think anything's saving John Fox's job. Not even John Fox wants to save John Fox's job. John so, Fox is actively planning his, his uh, exit strategy here. <laughs> So, but listen, that is, uh, that is it for us this week. Uh, real quickly, since it's happened this morning, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, our thoughts and our, our prayers go out to everybody in Las Vegas. Obviously mm-hmm. a tragedy uh, out there. At some point, uh, this has to stop. And we all, as Americans... Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for Sports Stuff You Definitely Could Not Do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play-calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. You need to figure it out because this is the only country this happens in over and over and over. Um, but uh, not not going to go on and wax about it here. Just really hope that everybody affected uh, heals and mourns and, 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 you know, can move on with their lives in, in due time. But, you know, we, we are very saddened by everybody who was lost, and, and so our you know, deepest thoughts go out to them. Uh, also, on a little bit of a, of a brighter note, just to end it, uh, I became a dad on Wednesday. And so a uh, little beautiful baby girl, Maisie Adelina Verderam, born five pounds, two ounces at 4.03 Central on Wednesday. And I just want to dedicate this podcast to her. Not that she's going to be listening, not that she cares, but just want to uh, end it on that note. So Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderam. Really hope you enjoy the Chiefs and the Redskins later tonight if you listen on Monday. And I hope you enjoy week five of the NFL season already at the quarter pole as the calendar turns to October. With prices soaring at the pump, filling up can be stressful. That's why Discover has your back with cash back. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target now through June on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. We know every dollar matters right now, but you can count on us. 
Get up to $75 cash back this quarter with your Discover It card. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.